Gather round Alberta growers for common sense, educational, get your hands dirty, not as hard as you think to make it beautiful tips with Rob and Kevin from Salisbury Greenhouse and Landscaping. Pour a coffee, grab the seeds, and get ready to grow. Hello everybody, welcome to May, and I am Rob Sproul from Salisbury Greenhouse. And I am Kevin Napora. Uh, designer for Salisbury Landscaping. And we are here to talk about that most wonderful of month in Alberta, the month where the sun comes out and it sometimes doesn't snow and we start planting and dreaming about summer. Excellent. So let's let's get right into it because of course it is May. We have a lot to cover. Um, the, the barbarians are at the gate out here at the greenhouse. Everyone is just itching to get going and so many people are planting their own food this year. Absolutely. Uh, even for landscape design, uh, a lot of the people coming in are, are asking for plants that they can eat. Um, they want to see berries. They want to see uh, integrating vegetables into their into their landscape designs. And uh, so, yeah, there's a huge, huge um, groundswell of people looking for using their garden, not just looking at it. That's really interesting. So they're looking at not just in the vegetable garden, but all as part of their landscape, edible edible shrubs and things like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, a long time ago, everybody used to have that big, giant, rectangular square, square in the middle of the yard, and you planted your, your vegetables in rows. But a lot of people don't have the space anymore. So they want to see nice little planters and then planting vegetables in there, or even just having spaces throughout the garden where you might have leaf vegetables in one spot, potatoes in another spot. And, and so the whole garden is integrated. Absolutely, the garden plot, that rectangular space, it used to be kind of out back behind the woodshed, you know, like the, like the cousin you don't talk about, you know, you kind of have it hidden away because, you know, you don't want people to see it and you have your annuals out front. And now, a few years ago, I wrote um, Edible Container Gardening and no one was really doing it at the time, but now it's like mixed containers of, um, of edibles and vegetables and absolutely. fruits. They're really popular. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And just even having the, the great thing is that you can uh, rotate your your um, your pots. So like right now, I've, I've planted already all of my um, leafy vegetables. And so we should be able to get a good couple of crops out of that. Um, and then in the middle of the summer, then we'll put in our tomatoes. Um, and I'm going to try I'm going to try pumpkins. Uh, I've got a great big, I have a great big giant pot and there's a, nice. a space on the on the patio. So like the just, sugar baby, the little cannonball guys. Well, no, actually, I was going to think of the bigger ones. Oh, like, the big ones. Yeah, because it, it can just sit right on right on the patio. And then cool. it'll be nice and hot. So I should get good growth. Well, vegetables, yeah, especially we'll heat lovers, goes. they grow faster in containers because okay. the container warms up and heats the roots. Right. They're not in the cold ground. Yeah. And also you can really, really focus what, what you do in your soils so that you can have like a very high nutrition in the mm -hmm. soil. And, and yeah, so you can really control that little microcosm so we're on pumpkin watch folks for the next little while we're going to monitor the growth of kevin's pumpkin and uh at halloween we'll have yes. a special thank you for saying pumpkin yeah because i think i'm gonna get I, that's all i'm gonna get out of the whole thing is one pumpkin if you're if that little plant can channel everything into one pumpkin, <laughs> we'll be a big pumpkin so get into vegetables so and a lot of people are asking and they've been asking for weeks in this crazy spring we're having what can i plant now Mm -hmm. And well, you can plant peas. You can plant sweet peas, of course. You can plant your um, your salad greens, yeah. right? And typically by seed. 
They're so easy to see. Yeah, yeah, and you get amazing growth. And it's also something that you can like. What I really like is is really bringing in the young kids. So getting them to help you plant rows. And there's like um, uh, here at Salisbury that they, they sell um, uh, seeds on tape. So like you you just simply unroll the tape. And plant the tape yeah so it's super easy and everything is nicely set out for you and then what you can do is again rotate through so you can plant every two weeks yeah and then uh, sort of make use of your garden provided you have a big garden anyways what, what I find works really well for um, for containers and the kids love it and talk about the kids helping plant in the garden mm -hmm. you know and you you know if you do the furrow for them and is that what they call the furrow yeah Okay, um, the you know they can go around and it may not be exactly straight, but you know they're having fun. And in your containers, if you have a container full of lettuce and pansies, pansies blend very well with lettuce, uh, salad Aww. greens, and don't just stop at lettuce, please, please. A lot of people can get their lettuce from the supermarket, folks. Arugula, mesclun, mustard greens, this is good stuff. And a lot of this stuff you can't find anywhere else. Mm -hmm. You can find your your romaine, but you know a lot of this good arugula is worth its weight in gold. Okay. So you get a container, you fill it full of salad greens, and then you know if you have you heard of cut and come again, the harvest? No. So when your salad greens are about three inches high, cut them down to one inch. Oh. Have a salad. Yeah. You know, with some lovely, young, fresh greens. And you can do that about three times, and the plants will keep growing. Oh. Yeah, it's called Cut and Come Again. So this is the whole thing about growing edibles in container garden, is that you don't have to just kind of wait and wait and wait, and then at Labor Day, you know, you are choking on zucchini. Yeah. Right? You yeah. get a little bit all the time. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah no, when I first started, that that's how that's how I did my vegetable gardens. Like, you plant it up, and then you, you, you collect it in September. Now it's totally different. I'm trying to get as much harvest as I can all the way through the season. And then as well, I do a lot of plantings like with um, uh, cherry trees and apple trees So I'm and uh, the hascaps as well. And so in the garden, I've got all kinds of fruits going on as well. So you're, you're like canning and, and jamming and all of those things as you go all the way through the summer. Or you're just gorging yourself every time you go for a walk. Right? Yeah. That's what I do. I go out and, you know, the strawberries... So you're stealing from the neighbors is what you're saying. Kind of. <laughs> well, a little. But I, I have stuff too. But, you know, I'll go out and we'll have tomatoes. Yeah. And my wife will be making dinner. So, okay, can you get four tomatoes? And that's it. So whether yeah. it's for a salad or pasta sauce or what have you. And that is... Um, and that goes on all summer. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned rotation. Yeah. So moving your, you know, moving your garden around. So... And there's different ways to do rotation. Um, what 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 would you do you normally do? Do you have a kind of a set pattern? Um, well, for me for me, what I'm I'm always concerned about. I, I like potatoes, and and like you said, you can always get regular potatoes in the store. But like those little finger French mm -hmm. fingerlings, or those little um, uh, the the purple purple the blue, things. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I love those. You things. get red potato, the rose potatoes too. Really? Oh, potatoes that's that taste like butter. Yes, yes. Okay, so yeah. a lot of those things you can't <laughs> find. And so I like planting those. But because it's a root um, vegetable, I'm always worried that you're going to get all kinds of uh, crazy soil diseases. Yeah. So those ones I always make, uh, I move around in the vegetable plot and then I mix around um, my leaves, yeah. my leafy vegetables. But I've only just done the two. And you were talking the other day about doing four different kinds of I like rotations. to do a four. 
because also your um, your soil-borne bacteria, like potato scab, which is mm-hmm. one of the most common, will live in your soil for three years until it dies of starvation. Okay. And so you can't do any root vegetables in that area uh, for a while. So I do the four. I do fruits, so your corn, your tomatoes, your peppers, your cucumbers. These are the things that suck all the nutrients out of the soil. Right. Just like that. Yeah. And then your um, and then your legumes, your peas and your beans, to put the nutrients back, back into, into the, the soil. soil. Right, and then your leaves. So when when it's, when your soil is full of nitrogen after legumes, plant your leafy veg, and mm-hmm. then your roots, and then your fruits again to suck all the what, whatever's left of all the nutrients up, and then the and then legumes again. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people, mind you, don't have a garden that size. And if you have soil-borne bacteria, it might be good to rotate actually into into another site right. for a couple of years, yeah. or just or just get a big container. And grow your spuds in a container and mm-hmm. you know a lot of people there's these fancy i know there's these fancy kind of potato growing kits you can have yep. or conta- potato bags and it costs like 30 bucks right that's a lot of potatoes that's a lot of potatoes. that's a lot of potatoes <laughs> folks look take it from me get a burlap sack roll down the edges put your spuds in it plant your spuds in it and as you heal you just roll up the edges of the sack and when you're ready to harvest, just slice open the bottom and spuds away. It's all good. So no for me. Absolutely not. <laughs> I like those containers. I like them. I think they look nice. and that it, It's nice. I like nice and clean. <laughs> okay. So. okay. See, I like, I like, just I like, a sack. A I sack like would not cheap. do. No, so. <laughs> I won't do it in my garden. Okay. <laughs> well, let's, pest prevention. We're talking about pest prevention a little bit. Uh, some natural pest prevention you can you can do in right. the garden. One of my favorite things is um, uh, putting covers. One one I like to use, like when I first do my seeding, I do like to put a plastic cover over. Uh, it just heats up the soil. Um, make sure, that, of course, the soil is nice and moist. But then then you're you're, you're creating a mini greenhouse over mm-hmm. top of your seedlings. And then as your plants grow, then I like to put um, like a remake cloth yeah. or um, just a, um, an open weave cloth to keep the bugs out. Yeah. So that keeps out all of those little white butterflies so they don't land and eat everything. Eat, eat holes in your broccoli and oh, cauliflower. It just looks nasty. And, and then as well, those little worms that grow all over um, your radishes and things like that. So just having a nice cover over everything kind of protects it. And then as your plants grow, you can actually raise those covers so that they, they kind of grow with your plants. You know, in some places in Europe, um, broccoli and cauliflower with holes in them are highly sought after by high-end restaurants. Yeah, really? S- seriously, because <laughs> it's you know it's organic. It's all <laughs> Yes, okay. So I heard that somewhere, and uh, don't quote me, folks, because I couldn't tell you if it's true. Um, okay, so... And marigolds also marigolds help um around the edges there's lots of different types of plants that naturally deter deter bugs Mm -hmm. they're not going to deter them like chemicals will but you know they'll as a passive deterrent they're they're not bad uh marigolds are one of the best the taggedies type the the le- the very lacy leaf, not yeah. the little French. They're, stuff. And they're also really very. They have a really nice strong scent to them as well. Yeah. And I th- I think they have a nicer flower because they're kind of a big bush flower type. Yeah. So they look nice in the garden. And yeah, and there's other ones. You spend you know spend some time on spend some time with Uncle Google, and um you know you can look up different plants to plant with different vegetables hmm. like radishes with cucumbers. Radishes will keep certain pests off cucumbers. Um. You know, and you know, nasturtiums with 
nasturtiums with other plants because mm. nasturtiums attract aphids so much. Yeah. They become kind of aphid lures. So I'm um, pretty sure that's called companion gardening. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, companion so gardening. So if you're doing a search then, yeah. And when you, okay, so we talk, we talk about containers. So what veggies are best in containers? Um, uh, I have no idea. My, my favorite thing is I, I do my tomatoes. Yep. So I do all of my tomatoes in, in containers. Um, but then I do a lot of the other um, uh, sort of things like coriander. Um, herbs. The, the herbs. Yeah. So for, for me, um, you can, because a lot of the herbs, they, they like heat. Mm -hmm. um, and so having them in a container, having them on the patio, one, they're, they're highly accessible. They're, they're right there. Um, and then as, as well, I, I get better growth. Yeah. So they, it, they like heat, they like drainage. Yeah. Right. Most of the herbs we love, your thyme, oregano, rosemary, they're from the Mediterranean regions. And it's sandy. You know, rosemary <laughs> is a hedge in Sicily. Yes. Right. I know. And it's in containers, absolutely, absolutely tomatoes. You know, 90% of all Canadians who grow an edible plant will grow a tomato. Mm -hmm. um, so tomatoes, by far the most common edible we grow. And tomatoes, peppers, cucumbers, all the heat lovers. Yeah. They all love it. But the thing is, you can't let them dry out too much. Tomatoes, you let them dry out, you're going to get the blossom emerald. Uh, cucumbers, you let them dry out, you get bitter, bitter. Eek. And so when you put in a container, put a couple inches of nice mulch in the container as well. You can mulch your containers. It's all good. So uh, that sort of brings us to soil then mm -hmm. for in, in your containers. Um, you kind of want to have a, a soil that uh, a lot of them, the, the new, the new uh, garden soils, they'll have water crystals in them. Yeah. And so what they do is absorb that moisture. And then one that kind of prevents the, the that whole um, seesaw effect of flooding and drying out mm -hmm. and it sort of blends uh, the uh, it, it, it allows the plant material to to grow gently rather yeah. than um, in stress yeah exactly because once you if you're and you know we've all done it you know you kind of wait to water your tomato until leaves are kind of dragging on the ground mm -hmm. and then you but you find in a few a few weeks from then the tomatoes aren't doing very well yep. because a tomato, a tomato fruit, a tomato stem going into a tomato is like a tap. And the water just pours in. Water, nutrients, all the good stuff just pours in. It takes a lot of moisture to make a, a juicy tomato. And in times of drought, tomato fruit is extremely sensitive. In times of drought, the skin will harden. Oh. And will harden because, you know, it, it needs to conserve moisture. But then, you know, so if you dry it out, it turns drought, the skin's going to harden. Then if you drench it, the tap goes back on, the water goes in, too much moisture, and the skin is not flexible. Yeah, and you and get that splitting. You get the splitting, exactly. Yeah. So that, that's from the inconsistent watering. Yeah. Um, uh, and you want to make sure your soil has good drainage. And, of course, in a container, because in a container, you don't want to use soil as your soil. No. You want to use a peat bot, peat-based, you know, like a but pro mix. On, on the soil, the reason you don't want to use this soil is that, one, it, it contains a lot of, um, you can introduce a lot of fungus and bacteria, but mm -hmm. also in the wintertime, that soil is going to absorb moisture and then actually act like a, a, a block of ice and expand. And so if you and have, and you crack your ceramics. Uh, so I really don't like using soil at all, but I also don't like using gravel because a lot of everyone says, oh, well, just put three inches of gravel on the bottom. Um, it's so heavy. Yeah. It's really heavy to move the pot later. So I, I like to use perlite and I'll use yeah. uh, maybe three to four inches of perlite and then take some landscape fabric, put that on top of the mm -hmm. perlite to keep it clean and then put your soil on top. 
So then you, you get the, yeah. the, the full volume of, 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 um, of water moving through, um, but it's light. Yeah. Or pop cans, or wood chips. Lots of, as long wood as chips is a good idea. As long as yeah. it doesn't decompose. Right. And, you know, like a lot of people say, the styrofoam pellets, they rot and smell like old Cheetos. It's a bad scene. Really? Yeah, don't use news, newspaper because it's gonna, oh. it's gonna rot and get moldy. Why would you use newspaper? Uh, you know, I've heard of people want packing newspaper in the bottom of containers oh. as a filler because you really only need 12 to 18 inches of soil right. for your annuals, things like that. And the soil, yeah, should be peat-based because it should be very porous for the roots to grow well. At the end of the season, when you pull your annuals out, if, if, it's a, if, if you use the right soil, the soil should come as one big clump. Yeah. And then you can bash it to pieces and kind of save yeah. as much of the soil as you can. Yeah. Right? Actually, what I do is I, I take that soil. Um, <clears throat> in Edmonton, we have a lot of heavy clay content, like in, in especially in the north end of the city. Mm -hmm. And so what I do is I take that, that peat moss or uh, the the uh, potting soil, and then I just break that up and then add that to the garden. Oh, nice. And then that way, because you've got all those that, that nice little perlite in, yeah. in mix in there. And so it just kind of breaks up the, the clay content. And over time, you're you're really adding drainage, beautiful drainage to your garden. So nice. That, that's, that's a really good idea. Just kind of slowly, slowly amending it. Soil is to plants what food, water, and air is to us. Mm -hmm. Soil is everything to plants. And totally. so really work on your soil folks and that will really help the plants in your in your garden bed a lot of times drainage is going to be off it drainage is if you have too much clay mm -hmm. you know you water's going to fall and just kind of sit on the surface yeah if you if your soil is depleted i.e if you haven't been amending it with compost or sea soil mm -hmm. or anything of that um it's going to go right through uh tests that i find is grab a handful of it when it's moist squeeze it into your hand open your hand if it stays as hard as a little like ball in your hand and you, you know you could really hurt someone with it then you know it it's too clay it's too much clay you got to add in some clay. peat moss yeah. some sand some perlite something yeah. in the first six to twelve inches just to air it up as much organic matter as you can because that organic matter is going to break down and it's going to give you bugs and yes. it's going to give you bacteria and all kinds of good all that good living stuff. things yes. you want a living soil in order to create good food. I love that we're at the point now that I think the majority of people, when they hear living soil and microbes and beneficial bugs, they don't get the heebie-jeebies, they feel good about it because yeah. we want our soil to be its own ecosystem. Like mm -hmm. you said, growing soil last last podcast. If, if you open your hand with that bit of, bit of uh, earth and it, it's dust, it just kind of falls flat in your hand. Um, yeah, manure, compost, sea soil, good organic stuff and, and, and a fair bit of it. What you want is for it to just kind of crumble a little bit but maintain its shape in your right. hand. For sure. Yeah. The, um, you know, we talk about soil a lot and we talk about good healthy soil and living soil. And, you know, a while ago, because people come in, it's kind of a stand joke around here, do you want soil or dirt, right? So someone would come in and say, where's your dirt? It's under your fingernails. Exactly. Dirt <laughs> is lifeless soil. Absolutely. So if you take soil and, you know, all the microbes are gone, it's, you know, it loses that beautiful black earth feel and it just kind of gets brown and blah, that's dirt. That's dirt. Soil is thriving, living uh, ecosystem. Um, the A little bit more about container gardening, uh, just flipping back just for a minute. Um, so in containers, because there's, there's lots of different trends in containers. We talked about edible, edibles in containers. Yep. 
Annuals, of course, started containers. They've been containers for a long time. Really, and containers are really the only place now that people grow annuals. They used to grow them in the flower beds, and it seems to have shifted quite a bit. Oh, yeah, long, long time ago when I uh, started uh, landscaping. It was annuals. Your garden, we, uh, I remember my first year we put 5,000 annuals out. Um, just hundreds and hundreds of flats. And back then, like, I think that they were really small. Like, you'd get 72 in a, yeah. in a flat. Like and, your wooden flats. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they were so heavy. But, uh, yeah, no, it was it was just massive. Like, um, you would do row upon row. And things were done in rows as well. Mm -hmm. So you'd have one row of, of um, uh, alyssum and then uh, another row of marigolds. And, and so now... Um, there's just so much more variety yeah. and, um, and as well being in containers, um, you can also switch. So instead of just having annuals, you can do a lot of tropicals. Mm -hmm. So right now I, um, uh, there was a giant sale here. So we bought a whole bunch of <laughs> tropicals and we've been, uh, keeping them in the house and then sort of acclimatizing them. Yeah. And then all of those will actually go into our, our Excellent. planters. And then add some annuals in there. Yeah. So you get a really nice mix of leafy And a lot of bodies, a yeah. lot of foliage. Yeah. Right? You, like I've always believed, like especially with my hanging baskets, I always believe that they should be six feet. So from the very top of the basket, um, then you're, you have your basket and then you have all of your falls. So from the top to the bottom, you should have a six foot basket. It, it, they look astounding yeah, and no big. Six feet here. I mean, you see six foot baskets in Vancouver and Kelowna. Yeah. Sometimes here little hard to come by but we have them no yo totally yeah. Yeah, just again that water that fertilizing that yes. you, you have to maintain it <laughs> you have to fertilize annuals a lot you do um, they're designed for that they are they're addicted to fertilizer when yeah. you get them um sorry folks but they are hooked um <laughs> the so, and, and also the, um, you know, talking about foliage annuals, succulents are huge in containers. Yes, that's new. Um, yeah. They're really big. And what you can do with the succulent, the succulents aren't cheap. And a lot of these tropicals are not cheap in this real kind of high-end foliage tropical stuff. Mm -hmm. So just take your succulent and just submerge the pot in the container. Plant all your annuals around it. You have this beautiful container. And at the end of the season, you just lift out the pot, clean it off. Um, might want to give it some safer soap to um, yeah, wash soap off soap. the bugs. Wash off the bugs, <laughs> and then you're good. You grow it out for another season. Yep, yep, you know? for sure. And actually, with the succulents, um, uh, this year, what I did last year is I, I I brought them into the garage. So I have um, my garage is lightly heated because it's attached to the house, mm -hmm. so it never really goes below zero in there. But yeah, I got almost all of my succulents through, and and so because. Some of them, yeah, you pay five, six bucks for them, and and yeah. so it's it's nice to be able to keep them going. And so planted planted them in pots. Um, you like you can put them in any kind of container. Yeah. Um, and then they sit great right on right on your table, they're outdoor wonderful. table. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. They do anything, yeah. and they're gorgeous. Yeah. And beautiful, beautiful colors. So talk about succulents and containers. And this being May, the big question: When do you plant? On a crazy May like this year. 2016 is is just the bizarrest year. It's very strange. Yeah. It's very strange. It's it's really strange all around. Um, so it's, you know, it's the end of April right now mm -hmm. while we're doing this. And a lot of people plan already. Yeah. Um, I already planted my vegetable garden. Yeah. And veggies are fine. Direct seed yeah. is great. Your salad greens, spuds, all that. Mm -hmm. I would do tree shrubs. 
uh, hardy perennials. I think they're good to go. We've all uh, for the landscaping. We've already started. Yeah. So we're uh, doing all of our big trees, uh, all of our perennials, and uh, smaller shrubs are already coming in. They're all going in next week. Yeah. Your and your tender annuals, your petunias, things like that, and your tomatoes. I would still wait until the May long weekend. I mm -hmm. am a pessimist when it comes to weather. Yeah. So, you know, Mother Nature throws us curveballs. Oh, I remember was it quite a few. It's got to be at least 10 years ago. We had that giant snowstorm on May 22nd and all of the trees, thousands of trees just broke. I remember. And uh, it was horrible. I was it was snowing and it was beautiful out. So I was just in my 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 house coat, just enjoying a cup of coffee. And then the phone rang, and it never stopped. It was like, oh, a giant branch fell on my car. Oh, yeah. I can't get out of my house. And oh, it was geez. just like, so I ended up working for days <laughs> pruning. <laughs> but it was just so nice actually to yeah. just sit there and watch this. Well, thing. I sure hope that we don't get that. that yeah, so that. All the trees have bloomed, yeah. and I know uh, so like, uh, a few weeks ago in New York State, all the apple orchards had bloomed early, and they got a hard frost, <gasps> and it decimated the apples. We're going to have uh, more expensive oh. apples this year hmm. um, because they lost a lot of their a lot of their orchards. Yeah. So you know, it's but it's always a gamble. We've got frost in this in this area every month except July. So what's the safe data data plant? Canada day. <laughs> you are safe as and you'll have uh, what? An eight inch tomato. <laughs> By the end make of the season. Cherry tomato if you wanted to make it. <laughs> and folks, that's it for the Eager Gardeners this month. And it is May, so get out of the yard and get your hands dirty. And I am Rob Sproul from Salisbury Greenhouse. And I'm Kevin Napora from Salisbury Landscaping. Get out there and get your hands dirty. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for being eager to get into that garden. Rob and Kevin are around every month on SalisburyGreenhouse.com or SalisburyLandscaping.ca. Till next time, keep your fingernails dirty and your thumbs green.